This program is brought to you by PersonalLifeMedia.com. This program is intended for mature audiences only. Welcome to Sex, Tantra, and Kama Sutra. I'm your host, Francesca Gentile, and with me today is John Maxwell Taylor. He is the author of Eros Ascending, The Life-Transforming Power of Sacred Sexuality. But he's much more than that. He's led an intriguing life, starting out as a rock star in, in Europe and then moving into doing many more metaphysical musicals and plays, uh, six years traveling, being Jung, Carl Gustav Jung, in Forever Jung. And he's written many books and he teaches all over the country and lives in Cleveland Heights, Ohio. And I am delighted to have him here with us today. Welcome, John. Oh, thank you, Francesca. I'm delighted to be with you. I love your show, and it's great to uh, have this opportunity to to talk together. So I'm I'm very happy to be here. Well, there's so much that we could talk about. You've you've led such a rich life, and today you're igniting the spirit of both men and women throughout our country and throughout our world. And before we even entered into the show, we were, we were tuning in, doing a little chit-chatting before we invited you in here, the, the listening audience, and we were talking about that importance of the masculine energy and how it can support the female energy to truly come to life and fulfill its mission, in a sense, its life mission, its erotic mission here on the earth, like the Dalai Lama said, the healing of the earth will, is really uh, belonging to the feminine energy now. And you've had your own journey in that, where you, you weren't always the, the, the masculine energy that mastered himself and knew how to support the feminine, or were you? Uh, no, not at all. And you can probably tell from my uh, accent that I'm originally from the UK, um, half Welsh, half English. Now, uh, I don't know if you know this, but one of the longest-running plays in, in the history of the UK is No Sex, Please, We're British. You know, so there's a sort, there's a sort of uh, uh, even more difficult, I think, in the era I was growing up to come to terms with our sexuality than perhaps in America, where at least you had icons like uh, Marilyn Monroe and so forth. And we were sort of across the Atlantic. We looked at that with wide-eyed wonder, you know, imagining how wonderful all you American women must be. And yet at the same time, we were, I was living in this stratified class system structure where everything was sort of pushed down sexually. So to have gone from that to where I am today is a remarkable journey. So I'd just like to say to anyone listening, if it's possible for me as a Brit to become a, 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 I won't say an expert, but a, a proponent of sacred sexuality, uh, then it's possible for anybody. <laughs> it's possible for us all. Yes. And so there was this depression and this you know, disconnection yes. from you know, not like lack of interest, you understand. <laughs> <laughs> Just find the right outlet for it. 
And and was there some little longing? I'm imagining all our listening audience that's listening has some little or big longing to have sex be more than just fucking, to have it Oh, be God, yes, something. absolutely. Right from the very early age, I was very, very romantic. My, my, my first introduction to sexuality was when the little girls on our street wanted to play doctors and nurses with me, which was, um, you know, very sort of um, five, five or six years old, you know. They just, so uh, that was sort of interesting, but it was more sort of um, just in anatomical curiosity that most children go through. But then at the same time, I had this tremendous romantic aspect to myself. And when I um, uh, met my cousin Audrey at the age of six, I fell madly in love with her. And I felt so radiantly glorious that I knew that heaven existed and that I could experience it on earth. Because when I looked at her, I felt so radiantly, beautifully empowered and expansive. So then the question becomes, well, how do you tie these two aspects together the romance of the heart and the natural biological aspect of ourselves you know as a child both of those felt completely natural but they were somewhat separate so the journey has been to put those two impulses together so that one can experience the glorious feeling that comes from being centered in your heart with a lover and at the same time fulfill all your sexual potential and experience all the great pleasure that is available to us. Uh, So uh, having been able to encounter teachers and teachings have enabled me to have the tools and the techniques and the things to do that, uh, connect with my sexuality in a way that flows that energy through my body and at the same time be highly in a highly romantic state with my partner, which is really I, nothing more or less than, than adoration. You're the soul. Yeah, I'm, going to slow, I'm going to slow that down just a little yes, bit to highlight do. for our listening yes, audience. Sure, go ahead. That that you were there you were in England and there was the biology of desire and yes, yes there was the romance of the heart not sure how to get those together and what I just heard you say is that you found teachers which is so I'm guessing is so crucial to our journey to really call in teachers people we can work with and and you mentioned uh, something a, a turning point for you that was actually here in the United States you mentioned it to me earlier yes. privately yes could you say a little bit more about that? Yes, absolutely. I, I was living in Hollywood, and I'd become disillusioned with the phoniness of life there. I was working in the music industry and you know, meeting a lot of actors and people, you know, interesting people, but there was an emptiness there underneath them, and I was starting to experience it myself. So I was looking for the deeper meaning of life, and it was there that I ran into Eastern techniques of meditation uh, and the spiritual possibilities of spiritual um, the quest for enlightenment. Enlightenment uh, through Buddhism, through yoga, Hinduism, and so forth. So I was given suddenly confronted with this smorgasbord of, of spiritual possibilities that perhaps one can find more in California than anywhere else on the planet. You know, so that aspect was great. So all of a sudden, I'm stepping out of the stream of a life that's not fulfilling because it's all based on trying to have satisfaction of the personality into uh, finding soul awareness and a real connection with myself. So I embarked upon um, a, a yoga meditation path practices I still do today for my basic meditation structure. The only problem was was that it, it sort of stressed um, celibacy, which is, you often get with Hinduish type things where you know, they're going to be um, brahmachari celibate and so forth. So um, I, I was in conflict. How do I integrate my sexuality with my yogi practices? And that's when I heard about Tantra at the same time. In 1968, I read a review in the Los Angeles Times of a book about Tantra that told me there was a possibility 
ability to be spiritual and sexual at the same time. But I didn't couldn't find a way to go about it at that time, because unlike today, where there are a lot of Tantra teachers and teachings available, back in 1968, it was very hard to find anyone who knew anything about that. And we're so we're really so blessed today, and I believe that books can give us a vision, a possibility. Sometimes they can even unlock energy in us as we read them. And and yet, being with a teacher that we trust right. uh, is so important. The meditation that you still do today, is there something that you'd like to share with us or tell us about oh, that? Yes, and how I'm... important is meditation Absolutely. to a fulfilling relationship and a sexual relationship? Right. Well, my, my, my wife and I do about two hours of meditation a day. Uh, total. And uh, this is such a deep practice with me for so long. What it has done, it's given me uh, the ability to tune into my life force, to the life energy in my body and to direct it at will through the acupuncture meridians of my body to be able to put energy in my heart. If my heart is feeling heavy or closed down for any reason, I can easily open it up again just by smiling down into it and sending energy into it. Uh, I can make. I know that you and I were doing a little breathing exercise before we came on the air. Uh, a lot of people don't really know how to connect with their lungs, and life force brought into the body with each breath is extremely important. So being able to interiorize my mind so I'm as familiar with the inside of my body as I am with the outside appearance of it, this really helps me in my sexual practices and experiences because I can guide the sexual energy through the subtle pathways of the body and use it to nourish my lungs, my liver, my kidneys, my heart, my adrenaline glands, the points in my brain, the pituitary and the pineal gland. So it doesn't just become sexual. Sexuality is not simply about pleasure. That's a major component, but it is taking that energy also and using it to recharge myself, fill myself with vitality and health. I want to talk more about that and uh, perhaps even have you share uh, an exercise, a breathing exercise or visualization with us. When we come back from a break and a word from our truly wonderful sponsors, and I always invite you, our listening audience, to support our sponsors because this helps great shows like this keep coming to you. And we'll be right back. Welcome back to Sex, Tantra, and Kama Sutra, bringing you the soul of sex with our fabulous guest, John Maxwell Taylor, author of Eros Ascending, Life-Transforming Power of Sacred Sexuality. And we were talking about the importance of the inner practice, and uh, and I, I was wondering, are you someone who also practices what's called conservation or ejaculation versus ejaculation? Yes, ejaculation. Uh, I love that that term for it. Basically, I'm someone who conserves his life force. I do not ejaculate. I'm fully orgasmic, but I do not ejaculate. Since 1985, when I went to 
study with Master Mantak Chia. Um, I learned that it's by conserving your seed, by going like 98% it, to the point of inevitability in, uh, when the sperm starts to move out, if you can catch the energy and the sperm and draw that energy up inside yourself instead of letting it escape from the body, what happens, the man can become multi-orgasmic and also he can uh, build up a tremendous sense of power within himself, which he can then use as a field, an energetic field, so the woman can feel that she's supported and secure. I'm sure many of your listeners, female listeners, have had that experience where uh, she's making love, she feels connected with her lover, it's great, and then all of a sudden he, jac- he ejaculates and almost instantly there's an electromagnetic disconnect. It's not just that he loses his erection, but the energy that was building between you is suddenly diminished. He's, what happened? Where did he go? It's because when a man ejaculates, not only do the sperm leave his body, the intelligence, the magnetic intelligence of life force in the sperm goes out of his body, and therefore his whole biological and energetic system loses energy instantly. And uh, the woman feels that. Now, the man who does not ejaculate, but ejaculate, he's able to keep cycling his life energy within himself, maintain his erection for as long as he likes, and keep making love to the woman until she's completely satisfied. And, and afterwards, of course, he feels tremendously empowered because, A, she's very, very happy, and he's got all of his power, and he's been... Uh, fully orgasmic sensations while he's doing it. He just has not lost his life force. And the woman's orgasmic energy kind of pours all over him when she's fully satisfied and she's having her, 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 her big orgasm. What happens is the love energy that goes with that for a woman passes through her skin, through an energetic field into the man, and he gets a download of love from the woman. But unless he can maintain himself to get the woman to that high point, that's not going to happen. I want to comment myself is that I was raised in Wisconsin and, and all of these uh, ideas were very foreign to me and yet there was that spiritual longing to uh, somehow blend lust with the heart. And we're not talking about, you know, suppressing our lust and our desire. We're talking right. about blending it with the heart it. and yeah. spirit. Exactly. And I want to say that I, my, I've been so blessed that the I'm normally, I think I'm one of those serial monogamists, you know, crunchy, chewy, flaky. Um, Yes, yes. (laughs) And and that my last, I think, three or four partners have all had the capacity. So it's it's not that rare. I am very blessed. And at the same time, they these are men like our men that are listening, who read the books, who my my former partner literally taught himself to conserve and to ejaculate by listening to a an audio tape. And so it's totally possible wherever you are in the country, wherever you are in the world, even if you can't physically go and find a teacher, that this is something that you can teach yourself to do if you have the vision and the devotion to do it. And and how about our women? How can we support our men uh, in, in having this capacity? Well, well, you know, when when you have a partner who's in tune with you, the, uh, and she knows what you're trying to do, 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 the woman can automatically sense when the man is getting near the point of inevitability. So she may just back off on the intensity of her movement or the intensity of the energy as he gets near to that sort of inevitable point, and she will sense that he's that he's he's pulling his energy inside himself. So she will just kind of 
slow down for a, a second or two there until he's past that peak, and then she can be surrender into her spontaneity again, and uh, he'll be able to keep following her and maintain his erection while she experiences whatever that she wants to. But you know, it, it, the key word is attunement. If you if you want to be fully satisfied physically, you have to be in tune with each other energetically, and that requires relaxation, trust, and openness with each other. So these are, you know, hopefully, you know, we can all find partners from time to time who we have that kind of rapport with. And it's just like learning to ride a bike or type. Once you've got the skills down, it becomes second nature. I don't even think about it. I'm just doing it, you know, and the energy is building, her energy is building, and she senses automatically when we're reaching a peak together, and we just kind of, kind of surf it together, you know, and then mm, that, that sounds so that sounds so luscious. And, it is luscious. And, and for myself, I would say that I also breathe. Um, I'll yes. sometimes slow down the breathing. Yeah, I my will. wife does too. Yeah, and breathe, right. um, and and have an inner visualization. I want to ask you if you do this as well. As I'll have an inner visualization uh-huh. where I envision that the energy that we're sharing is moving up our spines, is coming up to that third eye, right? And and then almost leaping from the third eye to the third eye, beautiful. and and back down in a cycle, so that oh, yes, rather than Francesca. just exploding somewhere, <laughs> somewhere else, who knows where, and depleting us in some way, that we're we're literally sharing like. You share breath in a kiss. Yes, this is wonderful. This is what Emily and I do. And, and I, I, I'm very blessed with Emily, my wife, because I'm able to put myself not just physically in her body, but mentally and energetically. I can project my energy and my visualization into her body and can move up her spine and into her heart and into her lungs. I feel as if my spirit is in her body going right up into her brain. And, and um, the best orgasm that, that Emily has is when I'm, I'm actually making love to her and I'm focusing on the points in her brain mentally that are key to a woman's orgasm, like the pituitary gland and the pineal gland. When I focus on that point, she will not be able to help herself. A man could actually give a woman a, an orgasm from across the room simply by looking at her. If he has that, yeah, if he that has sense that, of yeah. placing his energy right. in her body. Right, exactly. You know, you've probably heard of that movie, Men Who Stare at Goats. They stare at the goats and the goats <laughs> fall over, you know. <laughs> if, a woman, if a man were to look at a woman with the right intention, the right intensity of love and, and, and knowledge of the points in the brain, the woman would orgasm. I write about this in my book. There's an experience a woman recorded where she was at a, 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 some, some function and, and George Gurdjieff looked at, at her across the room and she said, oh, she says, that man looked at me and I was struck through my sexual center. You know, I mean, it's not that you want to go around giving orgasms to people you don't know. <laughs> I'm just saying that basically the possibility is there. So when you're actually making love and you're in a one-on-one situation in, the, in a sacred space, it becomes easy for the man to enter into the woman's body, not just physically, but mentally and emotionally and energetically. And I often feel, and my wife feels, the sensation that my, my Shiva lingam, my penis, is not simply in her, her gender area, but it's getting extremely large and filling her whole body, moving right up her spine, and so the head of it is actually in her brain. And so there's energy pulsating through her entire body from this core of Shiva strength that is in her body, and that allows her yin energy, her female energy, to swirl around that, and that's what produces the most amazing orgasms. That that sounds so... uh 
you know, luscious and rich and powerful for the man to be in that sense of envisioning that his, his, his lingam, his, his phallus can move in a sense energetically throughout a woman's entire body and bring healing. You know, that's the art of oriental sexual medicine is that sense of the phallus can literally bring healing to the woman. That's 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 right, and and they then and as I said earlier, the man gets his blessing because when he can maintain himself like that firmly inside the woman, all the way up through her body, energetically, not just physically, but energetically as well, the woman's male side, what Jung would call her animus, can relax completely, and then all the love that the woman is becomes hers. She, she inherits her natural state, and then that love passes through her skin, through her energy field into the man, and that gives him the, the download of yin energy that he needs to be whole. So you're helping each other to attain wholeness through this practice. And... I know that some of our listening audience may be at points in their relationship where there's been some, you know, sexual disconnect or some 40% of us come from families with trauma. And and so our hearts can be challenged to be truly intimate. And I love that you, you started out by saying that the eyes, that we could say, if I want to support a new relationship with my beloved... I can start by looking at her in a new way and feeling into her energy. And she's cooking dinner, but in that moment when I'm looking at her with this loving, erotic energy flowing, if I'm a man from my phallus to my heart and then through my eyes, she's going to start feeling that. Absolutely. Yes, you're you're so right. You know, whenever Emily's cooking, I usually come into the kitchen. I either play my guitar and sing to her, or I will read some spiritual book we're sharing together. Uh, And I just love to watch her hands as she's she's preparing the dinner. You know, I I said to, to her once, your hands are like swans. I love the way they glide as they're doing things, you know, and, and I just rejoice in the, in, the, in the juicy aliveness of her being, you know, as she moves around the room. Emily walks into a room as if she has a right to be there, not in a dominating way. It's just that she stands on the earth as if she knows she's home, you know, and, and, and this, this sort of adoration that a man can have of a woman, it's, it's, a, it's a new form of romanticism. You're not projecting some silly image onto the woman that you picked up from a movie when you were a kid. You know, you're seeing the living ethos of this woman's energy animating her form. And it, and it, 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 it leads to all sorts of desire, desire to be with her physically, but desire also to blend with her emotionally. And no, I said to Emily in the beginning, look, honey, you know, I, I love your body. You're so beautiful when you're naked, but I want to experience your naked soul. Mm, I love that. And I want to go deeper into the nakedness of the soul and the many ways we can entwine and heal our erotic energies and ignite them after a break and a word from our sponsors. And we'll be right back. Welcome back to Sex, Tantra, and Kama Sutra with our wonderful guest, John Maxwell Taylor, author of Eros Ascending, The Life-Transforming Power of Sacred Sexuality. And you've given us such a beautiful vision of what's possible. And do you have some uh, exercises 
that you would want to share with us? Yeah, sure. I can give you a few quick techniques that can make a huge difference in, in, in many areas of your life. One thing that people in general don't know is that the two eyes of a person, one eye represents the essence. It's like the gateway to the soul of the person. The other is tied into the brain where their personal memories and their personality structure is. If you're right-handed, your essence eye is your left eye. That's the eye over the heart. If you're left-handed, it's going to be the right eye. Now, what Emily and I do every night, we've got a, a remote light button in our bed. So the last thing that we do at night is we turn to face each other when we're lying in bed and we gaze essence to essence. We look into each other's essence eye and we see the soul. The last thing we see as the light go down is soul gazing at soul. Uh, so that's a great, that's a very cool thing to do. And if you feel that you've lost connection with your partner, just stand facing them. Have them put their hands on your kidneys and have them put, uh, 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 put your hands on each other's kidneys. And then close your eyes and, and just for about a moment, drop down into your heart. Feel the warmth and love in your heart. And then if you're right-handed, uh, when you open your eyes, look left eye to left eye. That's the eye above the heart. And, and, and look to see the person that you originally fell in love with. You can't fail. We've seen amazing breakthroughs when people do this. Couples who've been having problems, for example, you know. You see the essence. Essence can't argue. So if you look essence to essence with people, you'll reconnect in your relationship at its original depth. And then you can look into the personality eye. And then you, you, you'll start to say, oh, yeah, I remember what fun I used to have with this person. You know, it cancels out the negativity that may have arisen in relationships sometimes. So essence gazing is very, very important. Also, I massage Emily's breasts every night before she falls asleep. Mm. Yeah, because the woman's breasts are key to her orgasmic self. The woman gives energy through her breasts. You know, they're they're representatives of a cosmic force, and and uh, also just simply for health benefits, a woman needs to feel. And this is you know just very just basically laying your hand my hand on her breasts and vibrating energy into them through the palms of my hands. I'm not kind of trying to stir her up and manipulate her into some sort of erotic state. It's just acknowledging so she can smile inwardly down into her breasts. This inner smiling down is very important. Women should smile into their breasts, feel the life energy in them, smile into the heart, smile down to the genitals. Men should smile into the heart and smile down to the genitals. We need to make a happy, smiling connection between the heart and the various sexual aspects of ourselves. Because, you know, a lot of people, they're cut off from the waist down. Mm -hmm. so, and I, I love I love that you said that sense of placing the hand in that sense of adoration and reverence on the breast and, and having it be like like a, a little vibration. Yes. Because I, I was wondering about, you know, is it kneading the breasts and no, you know, no, 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 massaging not, them or no, no, it, it's it's almost like a blessing. It's blessing, a sense it's a blessing. of blessing. You're blessing the breast before you go you go to she goes to bed. And this may last like five minutes. She says, Oh honey, I can feel it going down my legs right down to my feet. In other words, the man is, is, is blessing her breast with her life and his life energy. And as the woman's life, breasts fill with life energy, it flows through his hand into her, into his body. And, and you fall asleep then in a feeling of we're, we're connected at a blessing, non-seeking level. We're just blessing each other with a sort of a adoring love. And I have to tell you, as, as a woman listening to this, that it, it, my 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 heart and my breasts and my vulva just clap at the at the thought because yes. often in our culture men are very hungry 
and then yes. they reach out to the body of a woman to fulfill the hunger. So yes. when someone's touching me, I'm feeling a drain. Right, exactly. Well, I always say, look, you know, guys, you're not interested in those breasts because you want a drink of milk. If you want that, you go to the fridge. You know, <laughs> a, woman, a woman's breasts are representative of a universal force of divine love. And if you lay your hands upon them in a worshipful sense, you will get a... a Download of energy from the universal feminine, which is incomparable. This is really why men are fixated upon women's breasts. They don't know it. You know, they bring it down to a low level. But the, it's in the highest sense, what they're really trying to do is they're right, trying to connect with the universal nourishing love, which is present through all creation and is, em, is embodied and flowing into the world through a woman's breast. Whether she's feeling sexual or not, that's what they are. They're symbols of, of universal presence of divine ecstatic love. And you know, as we were thinking about this, as I'm as I'm as, as I'm connecting to what you're saying, I'm having compassion for the kind of hunger oh, that God. men often feel in the world yes. where they can't look, they can't touch, they're right. they're confused about how to bring their erotic energy forward to a woman in a way that she feels she can accept it and engage with it in delight. So if a man is feeling particularly hungry, and we had that thought of that self-mastery, the key of that self-mastery, can you give us a key or some directions for for our men who might be listening? Yes, if a man feels hungry to the point where he's feeling frustrated, a, a, a very simple technique is for him to gaze upon a woman and instead of feeling a kind of a raw, frustrated lust that's not going to go anywhere, just to take the thought, radiant love, radiant love, drop down into his chest and send radiant love, because that generates respect for the female form. And once a man has respect for the female form, it opens up and instead of becoming a tantalizing, frustrating, unreachable uh, image in front of him, it becomes, some, it becomes something that opens up and flows with him. There's a communion with a reality that's much deeper than the superficial. So I, I trained myself over the years to have, a, 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 I, I say often throughout the day, radiant love. I'm sending radiant love to that person. It can be someone who's in the room. It can be a thought of someone I've known in the past. Whatever, I send radiant love to that person. And that allows the sense of separation between me and whoever it is I'm seeing or thinking about to dissolve. And there is a communion between us. I mean, I, I, I feel in a way that, that you and I in this conversation, we're exchanging radiant love together because we're talking about taking love and sexuality to a very high level. This includes all the pleasure and all the juiciness and everything that we long for. But if we go after it in a grasping way, trying to force something to happen, the very thing that we're seeking runs, flies away from us and we lose it. So the way to approach it is gentle, subtle, uh, centered in oneself so that as a man approaches a woman, he's there to support her with a, a grounded positive energy that's going to help to open up all the potential that is dormant in, in the woman so that she can pour her love over him and he can get drenched with it. He can just feel that he's completely saturated with that female energy that men so long to commune with but often lose the ability to do that by trying to approach it in the wrong way. Mm, beautiful. You have so much loving information, uh, healing 
empowering information for men and women. And I'm loving energy, too, Francesca, because the, loving- the words that I'm saying, you know, they're based on the energy that I feel. I'm just trying to describe the reality of the state of being that has come about through doing these practices. And I so applaud you for your program, for what you're doing. Uh, you've got, you know, tons of great interviews on your site. You know, one could spend several months just going through those, couldn't they, and, and, and absorbing all this great information. And that's a testimony to you and the energy that you're putting into your work. Thank you so much, John. And I, I feel so moved by this. And how would people get a hold of you? How do they, how, how do they work with you? And do you do phone coaching? Well, I do, I do a little bit of that. But mainly, you know, we're sort of on tour. We give workshops and lectures on various subjects, my wife and I. And I have two websites. And there's video on there, an introductory video on both of them. The first one is johnmaxwelltaylor.com. And uh, you can read about my book, The Power of I Am There, which is about learning how to remain centered in any social situation you may encounter and just building up your energy all the time, a a form of sociological Aikido, if you will, which is very exciting stuff. And then my other site is erosascending.com, and there you can learn all about the sacred sexuality that I've written about in my book, Eros Ascending, and that we teach in our classes. And we do have um, sometimes a couple of times a year we have events in our beautiful home in Cleveland and we uh, there's small groups but we have um, sacred sexuality classes at home too so there's a lot of stuff there and they would, your website is what? Eros Ascending E-R-O-S erosascending.com or johnmaxwelltaylor.com and if you want to find out more about John his biography his Radiant Picture, his services, find out more about me, my Radiant Picture, my services. You can also do that, get a transcript of this show. You can also do that at www.personallifemedia.com. That's www.personallifemedia.com. Sex, Tantra, and Kama Sutra, bringing you the soul of sex. Find more great shows like this on personallifemedia.com.